Today we're talking about Ted Lasso. Football is life! Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism. Conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Have you ever been the underdog? And when people look down on you as the underdog, how do you deal with being bullied? How do you deal with people putting you down? And what if they aren't just putting you down? What if people you care for and your friends and family are also being put down? And what if those people who are being put down, the people that you love, start to lose faith in themselves because they're being put down by these bullies, by these other people? What if you start to lose faith in yourself? And what if it's worse than that? What if someone who is supposed to love you, a family member, someone close to you, a close relationship, someone you love, betrays you or abandons you? These are like really heavy themes, and you would think we're not talking about a comedy today, but we are. We're talking about one of the funniest shows on television right now. It's Apple TV's flagship show, Ted Lasso. It's, I think, maybe the most delightful show on television. I'm super happy today to be joined uh, by Luke Carey, who is one half of Catching Foxes, which is one of like the groundbreaking cat, uh, Catholic podcasts, in my opinion. Well, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later but I just I think almost every other Catholic podcast is like indebted to them for some of the stuff that they've done uh, so I'm glad to have Luke here and if you don't aren't familiar with Luke and Catching Foxes please stick around because I think you're really going to like his perspective my name if you don't know who I, my if you don't know who I am I'm Mike Tenney I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington DC I spent over a decade teaching Catholic high school theology and then at nighttime I was in clubs and bars trying to make it big as a musician and writing songs and you know, that whole life. And now I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader. I speak to thousands of people each year at different events all over the place. And through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. This is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies, where we take a look at the media that you're plugged into. So then when we unplug, we can go out in the real world after we put away our phones and tablets, and we can actually love the people in our lives and know God's love for us in our own life a little bit better. So that's our promise for you. Not only by the end of this episode will you have a better appreciation for Ted Lasso, but also you'll have some real actionable ways that you can live the gospel and know God's love and live God's love in your own life. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to all our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com and the Awaken Catholic app. And I want to welcome to the show, Luke Carey. Luke, welcome. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm Good. so happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about soccer uh -huh. I'm happy to talk about Ted Lasso. I'm happy uh -huh. to be alive. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to be with a person who does stuff in like in media who's also wearing a US um, soccer shirt. Yes. This is like one of uh, four. I have all my other gear right, oh, right that's there. Great. Yeah. So yep. this is mm -hmm. uh this is a show that is near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. And, uh, I think there's a lot of really important, really actually I think this is to me, that this show is like the office of the 2020s. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. think it's that important. I agree. So, yeah, I think it's that important as well. And um, so, you run a podcast. You're a Franciscan University grad, mm -hmm. and um, I went to Catholic University. So, and I have a lot of friends from Franciscan. Nice. There's a lot of crossover between those two schools. So, I've an awkwardly I have a lot of, small Catholic world. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and you, since you and your friend Michael Gormley, better mm -hmm. known as Gomer, mm -hmm. started catching foxes in 
2014, 2015? Yeah, like the first idea for it was around fall 2014. And uh-huh. it's uh, we recorded a few junk episodes that we never mm-hmm. released to the public. We thought it'd be great to talk about Taylor Swift and Geo Cities on every episode. Like it was like maybe <laughs> our running gag. We were like, maybe not. Uh, and then uh, uh, a, a podcast that talks about Taylor Swift on every episode. Uh, that's kind of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we were like, we'll just bring, yeah, I don't know why. We, I, I just we thought it would be so funny because we were, you know. We literally we have three three episodes about Taylor Swift. That's so. awesome. I can do that. I, I will gladly come back and talk about I will talk just about the Bonnie Bear song. Uh, All right. What song yeah. is it? Exile. Exile. Yes. I, I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. hours. Okay. Uh, but Very yeah, cool. we, we started to release episodes on a weekly basis uh, for the most part. And we, we've stayed true to that for the most part since uh, mm-hmm. April 2015. So uh, we've, we've been, we, I like to say we're on the bottom of the top of your Catholic podcast. Uh, <laughs> Father Mike Schmidt has greatly expanded what the top is now. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, uh, we've been super, super blessed. We, um, you know, uh, we've, we're, we're approaching about 9 million downloads right now, which is wild. I that's just incredible. I, yeah, I'm just like no no we're not. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You yeah. should all be ashamed. But uh yeah. we really um I like to view podcasting ter- I'm real into podcasting. I actually just just took a job with a company called Spoke Street Media. Oh, Spoke Street. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Heem has been on my show. Yeah. Oh, he's, nice. He's yeah, yeah. Show. I know yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle's mm-hmm. like I well, of course I do. Like I I work with him now, but it's been super like mm-hmm. I love podcasts a lot. I really really do. And yeah. I um we started catching foxes because I just there wasn't a I wanted more Catholic voices in podcasting, not necessarily a Catholic podcast. And I, I was actually friends with some of the Catholic stuff you should know, guys, before I did I'm Catching Foxes, but they were just just like my buddies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to listen to their podcast because I didn't want to have a bad opinion of them. Yeah. <laughs> because like I really <laughs> love podcasting. Like I re- I mean, I yeah. particularly shows like um the Nerdist, um, Mark Marin's po- podcast, those were like my life is better because those shows existed. And I wanted to do a podcast that kind of had the tone of those uh, shows with a, with a Catholic voice. And I got into podcasting because of of my buddy Gomer. And I was like, hey, I have an idea. I think we should do it. And about eight episodes in, we were like, oh, yeah, like, we got it. Like, this well, is actually what. Good. What I, I I think when when I I know you laughed when I said you're a groundbreaking Catholic podcast, but I I mean that seriously because the t- there there were lots of good Catholic podcasts like Catholic stuff you should know, mm-hmm. and you know Father Mike Schmitz has been putting out his his homilies and Bishop Barron you know for, forever, but you guys were just two guys who were friends and the f- first of all the friendship between you. And this like intimate adult male friendship. Mm-hmm. This, it reminds me of like Lord of the Rings, the four hobbits, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, like totally, so. totally goofy, but like love each other. Just it, it, the love between you two is just so palpable. And it reminds me of me and some of my close guy friends mm-hmm. and just putting that on display, I think is just like good for the masculine heart in our, in I our agree. Kind of stoic 2020 world, 2023 world. So that's the first thing. The second thing is just how vulnerable you were with your audience. Mm-hmm. And like one of your first episodes, you guys were talking about pornography addiction and like some mm-hmm. of the stuff Gomer shared and some of the stuff you shared about your journey. I was just like, whoa, this is different than like every other Catholic podcast I've been on. And, it, and it's allowed me in my show to be vulnerable with some some real things that have shared about me and, and my journey. Um, and I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for Catching Foxes. Plus, you you made it okay for Catholics to cuss on a podcast. So, <laughs> yes, we uh, thank, sure, thank you for sure that. did. Uh, you know what's funny? I remember one time on on Catholic stuff, they like set a curse word. It, it, it wasn't anything like, it wasn't like bad. I was just like, mm-hmm. I feel like we helped make that happen. And yeah. it just, <laughs> for it, sure. You know, and it really like, I, 
you're not the first person to bring that up, which is which is like why I laughed at it because I'm like, it's true, you know. But like, but that's like really <laughs> what we wanted. Like it's and it, it yeah. and like why I it's it's there's a thing about Ted Lasso that I I love to try to like you know help you off segue not you but like <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean um, I know what you mean yeah. is uh like it people now want a sincerity desperately yes and Absolutely. um it is not a bad thing to want that it's not a bad thing to to have that there's some danger when it's just that and we can get we can get to that but it uh and I think with our podcast it's very clear. I remember. So I was interviewing one time. We did this thing called a B side, which was like we're gonna we're gonna have a guest on, or we're gonna talk about a topic not in our world of of like faith and culture. And we used to, yeah. that's kind of our thing is like the intersection of faith and culture with an emphasis mm -hmm. of discussion over instruction. I did yeah. the, the discussion over instruction part because Gomer and I will not shut up. So it's a way to keep <laughs> us in check, particularly Gomer. And then uh, for, and, but then also like we use culture in the broadest sense. So we want to talk about, mm -hmm. we want to talk about like productivity apps, which very well could have just turned into that. And you know, those were like half the podcasts that we listened yeah. to. We wanted to talk about like culture again, just like, like what are some like, like alcohol and like, and, and all this stuff. And I think for me, I kind of equated to uh, a lot of, um, and I know this is in your titles. So I don't think this is, this is the bad thing, but like a lot of your podcasts in the early days, even now still, were very catechetical. They're trying to explain stuff. Mm -hmm. And I love what I mean, you're doing because like you're actually like coming to things from the lens of faith. So it's not like trying yeah. to fit the faith into a thing. You're coming from that standpoint, which is like what we yeah. need. But so many were just like, if we just tell people the truth, that will like that will change everything. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. Like they need like lived like if you look at Pope Saint Paul the Sixth, man pays more attention to witnesses than he than he does to um, teachers. And if he pays attention to teachers, it's because they are witnesses. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's like again like. Ted Lasso, so much of like what makes this show so good is the sincerity that you really believe that these people yeah. are what like, and I don't mean that from, from, from like an acting standpoint, you believe Ted Lasso has actual values yeah, and he mm -hmm. tries to live them out. And I think for us, we, you know, we wanted to take those values and I think like, like from the podcast that I cared about, which were not um, Catholic and just mm -hmm. do that through the lens of <clears throat> The Catholic faith, or coming from an um, Catholic voice, which is uh, it's what Hans Urslan Balthasar calls the theological aesthetic, and, and so it um yeah it's it's like it's a really deep thought, and most stuff is what uh, he calls the aesthetic theological. You try to take a thing and have it fit the church, uh, which is you, why it comes across as being like I'm a shallow. So that's a very long explanation, yeah. but I think it's super important that like there's been a tide, and I feel that's changed over the past ten ten years, and I feel super yeah. blessed to have even played a small part of that. Yeah, well, thank thank you. Your your yes sorry. helps us say yes. I love so podcasts I so much. If you can't tell, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and then right. first so wave podcast. <laughs> well, if you don't know, listeners, if you don't know about Ted Lasso, it is the flagship show on Apple TV. It just entered its third season, which I think is going to be its final season. And in its at the end of its first season, it was nominated for 20 Primetime Emmy Awards, which was the most nominated first season comedy in Emmy Award history. And then hmm. Jason Sudeikis and... Um, and two others, uh, Waddingham and Goldstein. What are their names? Hannah Waddingham and Brett Goldstein. They also, they, all three of them won Emmys. So I think it won three or four Emmys and it's won Golden Globes for Best Actor. Um, it's, it's just, it's such a delightful show and so many people love it. And um, well, so we'll talk artistically and then we'll get into some of the themes. Just artistically as a show, Luke, what do you love about Ted Lasso? Oh, um, 
I don't know if this is one of the themes or not. So, I, but I think from an artistic standpoint, it is okay. From a story standpoint, it is the death of the of the antihero, and I don't mm. think it could have come soon enough. Um, Ted is someone you want to be like. We have yeah. not had had a show, and I don't think I hope I don't think um this is a theme, but this is like my favorite part of it. So I hope yeah, it's so great. Like, yeah, go ahead. Like, it's all right. It uh, um, you want to be like Ted. When was the last time that we had a TV show where the, you wanted to be like the main character? I think on yeah. Mad Men is the greatest TV show to have ever existed. Um, I mean, hands down, there's nothing even close to what they've done. I'm also I just watched it like forty thousand times, so there's that. But <laughs> like, you know, I don't want to be Don Draper. I don't want mm-hmm. my daughter to be like Joan. I don't want. I don't want any. I don't want anyone I know to end up like the characters on that show. Sans maybe Pete at the end, like mm-hmm. you know, like maybe. And so, yeah. And with you know T- Ted Lasso, I actually want to be like Ted Lasso. I yeah, want to uh-huh. be that. In I want. He has the integrity I desperately, I desperately wish I had. Yeah, amen. And I'm so I, I, thankful for that. Like that's why to yeah. me that's and, and like and it's funny, and you know and all this other stuff. But I, I just think that's for me. That's is like this is a show of people who are actually trying. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think our our world needs that because we've gotten so cynical. Like mm-hmm. I think it really does give people a. It really does give people hope and and some delight. So the, the cast is just so good. Jason Sudeikis mm-hmm. is so good on all all the actors and actresses. Um, I love Danny. Um, I love um, Jamie. I just uh, Roy Kent. <laughs> I love Roy Kent. <laughs> he's yeah. there. He's there. He's every effing way. Yeah. He's Roy Kent. Yeah. Roy Kent. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I I think um. So like if you go into like a like a bit of the history and I'm I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank on this guy's name but the guy the who's the guy who plays the coach who plays like the other like the assistant coach yeah yeah um, Beard. um yeah I, I know who you're talking okay. about yeah but so I can't remember. him and Jason Sudeikis go way back uh-huh. like they were in they were together in a, a bunch of comedy groups back like back in the day and mm-hmm. he's actually the guy with the beard he's a huge uh, soccer fan he's been on a ton of soccer oh, cool. on podcasts gotcha. like he's a legit like legit just hung out with like uh, uh guys like john o'brien a lot of the older of soccer guys uh-huh. and um it's not a, a, a soccer show but there's just enough of it there if you know what's going on yeah. like he's reading inverting the pyramid in the first episode on the way mm-hmm. over which if you don't know any like that's like the book on the tactical evolution of soccer mm-hmm. and so it's just like little thing I'm, I, I just love like you can tell there's a real love for each other and for what they are doing there yeah it's really cool yeah i also what i love about this show is um it's just a fish out of water story and i, I always think those are funny mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. ted's just this is the biggest fish out of water story i i can remember um i i do wish i wish there was more football but i know that's me as a football fan like <laughs> i wish there was more of that I, I know, know for the average the average viewer they're fine you know like the, the games are over so fast that i'm like what i would it was what happened the first half you there's know? like so. just enough to where you're like oh that's ian right that's actually uh-huh. our low you know like that's and uh-huh. if you know what's going on like like i said like he's reading in um inverting the pyramid on the which again if you really want a very dry read on the history of soccer tactics there it is mm-hmm. uh, it is boring pyramid. interesting yeah so for me what i think is the like key theme and there's there's a few key themes but like the one that really stands out to me is how do we respond to suffering in our hmm. lives because you think of like all the characters you know you think about Nate 
His whole life he's been bullied. He's been looked down on and disapproved of by his parents. You look at Rebecca. She's been rejected by Rupert. Um, you look at Roy. He's like past his prime. You look at Ted, his marriage falling apart, dealing. Spoilers, by the way. If yeah. You haven't massive, watched. Yeah. Yeah. Spo- spoilers up to at the end of season two, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we talk about season three, we'll, we'll, we'll mention it. We're in the middle of season three right now. Um, but Ted and then um, he reveals at the end of season two, like that his father committed suicide when he was uh, a teen. And. The the key so for me the key theme is how do we respond to suffering so I want to kind of walk through these characters sure and see what we what we can look at them so let's start with Nate he's always been looked down he's bullied by Jamie he's bullied by all the characters and then what's his how how does he kind of get out of that it's it's Ted right like so how Mm -hmm. does Ted reach out to this guy he sees something in him right he sees that he's got these this mind for soccer and he actually makes him an assistant coach and he actually is able to, to, to kind of come out of it. Um, but it seems to me that Nate never really, even though others learn to believe in him, he still kind of has a chip on his shoulder. He's still trying to have something to prove. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, it's, it's, it shows the depths of pain. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like how like deep seated trauma and pain can actually go that it can, you know, it, you don't want what happens. You don't want him to, to go down that um, road, you know? Yeah. Don't absolutely. go up road. You're going down a road. I, I can't go. Don't go where yeah. I can't follow. Like you don't want mm-hmm. that to happen to him, but like, and it's, it's actually like super important too. like, like his, his ethnicity as, um, is super important. Like, you know, like he's not a white English um, Anglican male, you know, mm-hmm. he, I, I forget, I don't want to, I think he's Pakistani or I get that kind of vibe or, or like, I forget which yeah. exactly, but like, that's mm-hmm. he's a group in England that like, you know, sometimes bit on the fringes and, and, you know, yep. or like certainly has been over the last, um, over the last 100 um, years and it, it, where he goes and how, and that I love how, like this idea of like, he goes from like a beta to an like alpha to an alpha male, which is like how we, we tend to want to view things so binary. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, um, and like, that's not real. That's not what you want to be. It's not, that's yeah. not an authentic unpersonality where, where I, and I, I think you don't, it's, it's tragic, which like, you don't like it's, you know, so sorry, I, I know I'm, I can go on. No, well, I, I, I like the way you put that, and because he does, I, I really hate the the paradigm of beta male and alpha male, and I think mm-hmm. it's stupid. But I think mm-hmm. this is this Nate shows why that's that's stupid, at least from a Christian point of view. You know, at first he's the beta male; all the other guys who are these rock or these football stars look down on him. But then he becomes this awesome coach, and now he's coaching for West Ham, and he's coaching for the best team around, and he can be a bully, and he can put other people down, and now he's the he's the Chad, you know. But like that's not authentic masculinity either. And th- this is a little bit from season three, so maybe skip a bit if you haven't <laughs> watched those yet. But the way that he talks about Ted, and then the way Ted responds in that first episode, you know, what I'm talking about the press conference from the beginning of season three. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. he's uh, just like I, making... I haven't watched all of it, but, but yeah, yeah, but but okay, but go, I'm, and I'm totally fine with having it all spoiled, so you're fine. Okay, well, it's, it's the first episode of season three, and Nate is basically just making fun of Ted in his press conference and just kind of saying, yeah, just just cracking a bunch of jokes, and the whole place is laughing, and then everyone's like, Ted, how are you going to respond? And then he goes into his press conference, and 
Tesh is like, yeah, you know, I don't know football. And he just starts making fun of himself and, and, and it has everybody laughing and you can just see Nate like starting to like writhe inside because he's like, I was supposed to be putting him down. And he's like so relentlessly positive. <laughs> he just like accepted it, you know, and it's very Jesus, mm-hmm. right? It's very turn the mm-hmm. other cheek and like turn it back around. Um, and that's why I think it shows the emptiness of that kind of Chad alpha male approach where it's like, I just got to be dominant and confident and show people what a man I am. And that's being a real man. You know, this kind of macho fake masculinity where it's like for us as Christians, like Jesus is way more manly than that, you know? No. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Well, and, and like, and, and there's a, in, in an interesting way, there's a time and a place for that. And not yeah. for the sense of pride, but like, if you look at um, soccer or sports, um, they like you want the confident person to take the shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, you, you sure. have like yeah. you have to have like I my favorite player of all time is probably oh I go back and forth between Clint Dempsey, Clint Dempsey, and um oh Landon Donovan. I probably mm-hmm. go with Clint um Dempsey because like so like on the back of the shirt I've got this little thing that says you don't know I'm where I'm from dog, which is what he said uh-huh. to someone in a Premier League game gone to a fight. He's from the backwoods <laughs> of Texas. And so he's on, he's like in, you know, a premier league gets in a guy's face and goes, you don't know where I'm from dog. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I love you so much. And, but like, that's like, you want that in that moment. And like, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. even, even in the gospels, there are times when Christ gets into on people's like faces, you know, he, yeah, for sure. Know, but like, it, it really isn't a bunch. It's like one time and it's um, when it's appropriate. Yeah. And I think you're totally right that like this sort of, like those things are not. That's not what I'm a Christian. It's about. It's about like dying mm-hmm. to yourself. It's about. It's about. Um. It's about being for the you know other, and I think mm-hmm. there's a real interesting thing going on with Nate because, you know, he's all he gets into the tactics, which is a huge part of it. But when you look at guy and like that's what a lot of people t- tend to talk about when they really analyze like soccer. But when you look at what a lot of the coaches tend to say is I think it's uh, I think it's like it is like uh, Jurgen Klopp, the coach mm-hmm. of Liverpool, which is uh, which is my favorite team uh, besides nice. the US men's on national team. He talked about how like uh, it's really about 30 percent of what he does. And a lot of the <laughs> other stuff is like the environment. And it's just like mm-hmm. it is really person to person, which if you which is what Ted is really good at. Exactly. That's that's where Ted shines. Yeah. You know, and 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 like you need both. But if you compare it to what like what Christ does in the Gospels. So like he does talk about like the rules or like what yeah. like what's best for you like, or like what to do. But so much of it is about like the heart and the desires of the heart and like seeing seeing the human person. And giving them one thing, it's not really about like here are the ten things that you've got to do in, in order to be holy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. and and that's and I think like I think that's why like if you look at Nate, he's like the techne idea of sports. Mm, yeah, you know, which it's I about- think is ultimately really really shallow. Yeah, well, at least for a team sport. You know, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. if you're going to be a wrestler or you're going to be a swimmer or a track runner and you don't care about how your team points fall out in the rest of the competition, like there is more of an individual thing to it. But you can't be an individual soccer player, you know? No, um, unless you're Maradona. About, yeah. Well, but one, of the, <laughs> yeah. one of the things I love about Leo Messi is his assists. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he has so many assists, and he'll, like, let other people take penalty kicks. Like, he let, he's let Neymar take a ton of penalty kicks, mm-hmm. both on PSG and Barcelona, and he let Luis Suarez do it. You know, those are world-class players, but he didn't have to. You know, and I'm a lot of other players wouldn't have, you know. Yeah. So that's something I really love about Messi. But um, so I want to talk about Rebecca. She's probably the the most prominent female character in the show. And she mm-hmm. is the the owner. She was married to the former owner who has divorced her, who's kind of this. Uh, I don't know he's this rich guy who just kind of it seems like he just kind of goes through wives and he's gets and gets whatever he wants. And so she feels really abandoned by him and the in the the kind of the premise of the whole first season is she hired Ted because she's trying to ruin Mm -hmm. the team that Rupert loves, you know? And so she's trying to sabotage Ted at every point, even like hiring the paparazzi to take um, incriminating photos of him and she's going to publish them. Um, So I want to talk about for Rebecca, let's talk about her journey. Like how does she move from this revenge mindset to something better? Oh, that's such a, yeah. When she, has that moment the way they shot that when she like starts to walk to his office and they and you like the camera how it follows her you feel you feel what she's experiencing which is change of heart and Mm -hmm. it's that like that painful realization that i've done i'm something horribly wrong here Mm -hmm. but there's going to be real authentic freedom and joy and i'm alive if i come to terms with that and it's, it's, it's a painful, but like, it's like this wonderful, painful thing. And yeah. it's like what people describe like purgatory as actually it's, yeah. it's that, mm-hmm. it's that feeling of like, Oh, this is, Oh, this is like the truth and the pain of that, but also the joy of it. It's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, and I think for her, it's a, it's a journey of like, she, like she, I, she's been profoundly hurt and not only yeah. has she been hurt just as a spouse, she's been hurt by the system, you know, yeah. because like, one of the things that, like we don't really have a lot of context for, and this isn't a huge part of the show, but it's kind of there. And I, I might be projecting a bit, but mm-hmm. if you look at English football, it is a it is like a working class sport, and it's yeah. a very male driven sport, very very male uh, driven. So there's a lot of like um, the fact the fact that she's like a like a a, a, a woman owner i feel like for like a for like a ton of americans that wouldn't be as big of a deal yeah but for the english it's actually a huge deal it's a, yeah. like yeah. in that in, in that system that's a really really big deal because it's a traditionally like masculine uh thing yeah. and not only is she in, in, in that but she, like she's been profoundly hurt and i yeah. think her journey is so interesting because it's only through her encounter with ted and and with uh, the people on the team and by developing these relationships and everyone's profoundly wounded, but somehow, and I think it's usually through Ted's consistency. Mm -hmm. um, It's kind of the anchor of the whole thing, I think, but it's, but you can't, you can't deny the other, uh, the other characters as well. Like if you look um, at Keely, like, her uh, friendship that's super so important to that's Rebecca's super, yeah, yeah like you that you, you can't um, um, separate those mm-hmm. those two almost well and so so something that so keely was like she was like a, a, a playboy model or like a mm-hmm. effort she, yeah. she was basically posing naked in magazines and she was a boy she was a girlfriend of jamie who was like the star on the team and that's how she was involved at this at all but rebecca who i think was working as like a bartender when rupert met her and wooed her like so i think she sees something of herself in keely that like 
there are these powerful men who were interested in me because I was beautiful, mm-hmm. but really I had way more to offer. And she sees that in Keely. She yes. sees that Keely is mm-hmm. there because she's she's like hot and stuff. And she sees she's being a kind of used and abused by these powerful men. And she sees something in her and gives her a chance to like be br- like I forget head of brand marketing or something mm-hmm. like that. And they develop this real friendship. But it's Keely who calls her out about Ted, who mm-hmm. finds out and is like, either you That's tell right. Ted yeah. or I do, yeah. right? And so it's through Rebecca's woundedness, wanting to reach out to somebody else, that then that that comes back and helps her deal with that woundedness and help her course correct, you know? So I just, I think her and Keely's relationship is really, really beautiful. Yeah, well, so. and I think it's through those people that Rebecca starts to see what she could have, mm. which is authentic yeah. relationships. And yeah. not even like from a romantic standpoint, although that is that you know is part of it, but authentic, uh, but authentic friendships mm-hmm. that she can have, that she can have people in her own life who actually will care about her and her and what's and what's best for her, who are not yeah. going to use her because mm-hmm. for so long to everyone, she's just been a side piece. She's just been this like there's no difference between her. And the soccer club. In fact, yeah, the soccer club is probably it was probably loved more by her, by her husband, or sorry, her yeah. ex husband, ex husband. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In fact, she says this is the thing he loves most, mm-hmm. and so I want to run it into the ground. I want to kill yep. it. You know. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. So moving on from Rebecca, I want to talk about Roy, who's like one of my favorite characters. Yeah, because he's our age. <laughs> A little yeah. bit, yeah, 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 and, like, and also he, he's yeah. What do you mean the old well, guy? Also, what he just he just cusses all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. Yeah, the the anger. Yeah. All right, we're talking we're talking about Roy Kent. We have Catching Foxes as our guest. We got we got to drop at least one f bomb in this episode. So if you're listening with kids or whatever, this is your chance to mute. All right, you ready? The count of three: one, two, three. Fuck! <laughs> all right, there we go. In honor of Roy Kent and Luke Carey being Thank here you. with us. Thank there you. There you go. There you go. Those, right. those, that's the only time I will ever be grouped with him ever. So <laughs> I, I I will take that. Yeah, he's a super fascinating character. He's based on uh, Roy Keane, I think. Uh, oh okay yeah so he's yeah. really like who's a uh, for guys who don't know he's a uh, he's roy kent but a little bit like maybe like five or ten years older mm-hmm. so just kind of yeah. like an angry he he played angry he you know uh mm-hmm. played uh, he played on that you were gonna get a boot from him if he played him you know i'd be scared i'd be scared to play him oh that's interesting yeah there's a um so m- minor spoilers for for season three. There's a character they've introduced called Zarva, and I, I heard was like he's yeah. he's Lazan Ibrahimovich to a T. <laughs> he's like absolutely Zlatan. <laughs> he comes out of like um, MLS, and you're like, you've never really actually won anything. This is we're clear. <laughs> like you've never really like your team doesn't make the World Cup. Yeah, like uh-huh. was, yeah. No, and yeah. I I think he's kind of a um, he's an interesting character because uh, look, let me just let me take this from like a really just like a very basic level mm-hmm. um again if you look at english football it has long stopped being like the, the uh sport of the working class so like yeah. we get the we get we actually call it of soccer here because that's what the upper class of england they called it soccer mm. so um and uh it's uh, called football because it, it was not a game that was played on a horse, which is why we call American um, football football. So gotcha. it's um, and he's kind of 
a representation or no sorry he's really an archetype of kind of the last of the like you just play hard and you just be really tough to beat where the, the game is now yeah, extreme. yeah. but yeah, he yeah. taps into this like emotional thing which is super important he's able to motivate the players to, to because he he taps into what really drives these guys for what they're doing which is like it's the love of this game yeah exactly so you know and that's and that can coexist with the anger if the anger is dealt with Mm -hmm. and i think it's super important he's someone who's past his prime because he has he really only has he can either deal with that anger like I love that he, when, he, when he's like one of my favorite things is how like as you see like he loves his niece right and yeah I love oh, it's so precious yeah and the first um season when he's like I'm reading the book and you got the book that that Ted has I'm giving him to read I think it's a, 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 a wrinkle in time and he's just like mm-hmm. f and he like I'm throws it down and he's just you know like he's you know he's angry because he knows the you know like on what's happening and he like as a player he didn't have to get past his anger but as a retired guy getting towards the end of his his career he can either stay angry or he could try to be a somewhat of a better um, human being and i think he knows he does like he knows it's okay to be like kind of angry but you can't yeah. be real angry like christ yeah. it's weird I, I i heard a priest one time say anger is actually a, a neutral emotion it can be used for yeah. good or 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 for bad the the bad the bad anger tends to be what we refer to when we just say like when we talk about we talk about anger in a bad way Mm-hmm. you know and yeah i think he sees i could become that or i could like i need to hold on to some good here or it's going to consume me because i've got enough, i'm nothing else now mm-hmm. and i i think it's a real um testament to the genius of this on the show that they understand that like it's okay to have it's okay to like have emotions that's yeah, not a bad sure. thing and in fact like we're gonna speak to that but let's remember that th- your your emotions are not always reality either so it's good Mm -hmm. to keep that into check and his the um his journey is one of is just one of my favorite ones because again he's like around my age but then too it's it's that he um he's constantly trying he like constantly chooses Mm. he's always trying to choose the right thing. Cause I think if he yes. went with what he is mm-hmm. natural inclination, cause he made all his money by tapping into that anger, that anger. Yeah. You know, which like, yeah, but the, the choices he makes with Keely, mm-hmm. with Jamie and reconciling with yep. choosing to not be an announcer anymore, to come back yep. to, to, to coach again with, with Ted. And yeah, you're right. He does make these choices. You know what it reminds me of is uh, somebody <laughs> told me, uh, you know, the difference between West Coast people and East Coast people, West Coast people act nice, but inside don't care. And East Coast people act mean, but inside will like bend over backwards for you. Like That's if you super break, break, break down on the side of the road in LA, everyone will pass by being like, oh my gosh, that poor person, but they won't stop. Whereas like the person in New York will pull over and be like, what the F? You don't know how to change your own effing tire here. Move over. Let me change that for you. You know, like F yeah. is wrong with you. You know, let me change your tire for you. And like, that's Roy Kent. You know, he's the one who's gonna, like, he has this anger and this gruffness, but like, he consistently chooses the right thing. And then, and when he realizes it, he's just like F, you know, and then yeah. he goes and does the right thing. Have you heard stories so. about like um, how Clint Dempsey was when he, no, he, used to, uh-uh. he, like, Clint Dempsey was Roy. 
Oh yeah. Like now, yeah. not as angry. I, I think outside of it, but like that's where he got a lot of his anger out. I and mean, he, mm-hmm. like, for 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 um, anyone who uh, um, doesn't know who that is, one one, like shame on you. Uh, two, the yeah. one of the greatest <laughs> players from the United States to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. His yeah. story is like quite. I'm mean, literally from like the you know like he lived in he his, his family was in a trailer park for a bit when, when he was wow. a kid. They would drive three, four, five hours for him to be able to like practice. Uh, his he had a sister who was better at tennis and he was at soccer so they like kind of stopped for him to um, soccer and went in on her playing tennis and then she died of like brain cancer i'm doing horrible and so he like so they will like went on on him and he like just he basically forced his way to becoming one of the the probably some would argue the greatest american Mm -hmm. um, soccer player of all time yeah, and, like, if, you know, like the names, it's like Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, and then this generation, say like Christian Pulisic. Yeah, you know, I, like yeah. He's, he's up there. And he, yeah. he was like the first American to score a hat trick in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he scored more goals than any other American was in the Premier League. So. About to be signed yeah. by, like, uh, by like Liverpool, and they were kind of turning the corner a bit. It was a big, he was the, I mean, big, big deal. And he, if you see him um, now, he does some stuff. He's like very he's a joyful fun guy and like all of like um his announcing and because you can't stay mm-hmm. in that yeah, angle. i love him as an announcer you yeah. can't stay uh-huh. in that and i think um roy is a great example of that mm-hmm. <laughs> I-, I love landon donovan as an announcer but because he just like ignores the other guy a lot of times <laughs> like the other announcer will just uh, ask him something and Landon just like totally ignore him <laughs> yeah, yeah and the other uh, there was one time the, the the other announcer was like did you think that was a penalty down of it he's like well i'm a striker so yeah i think it was a penalty <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I love it. All yeah. right, but we're getting we're getting off track. So I want to talk um, finally about Ted, and what are the things that he does as a leader and a coach that inspire all these people to change? That can inspire, um, you know, Jamie Tart to um, to make the changes. To inspire Roy Kent. To inspire Rebecca. To to even inspire Nate in in some ways. What are the things he does to change the atmosphere of this club, which is so down on itself and so just mired in loathing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what um, – oh, I'm sorry. Were, yeah, yeah, go, go yeah, ahead. Okay, go, good. yeah. Because I just – this is how I'm catching foxes. We just kind of go and see what happens. Yeah, so, like, go no, for and, it. And Ted, like, he – it's so interesting that you see in, in the very beginning that Ted has brought this college team, that uh, college American football team to, like, these, like, heights. Mm-hmm. And it's through his man management and he does that. And that is like, if you look at how Christ approaches people in the gospel, he, it's different for everyone. It's mm-hmm. different for everyone. And if I can, if I, and I want to, and if you look at all of the saints, how Christ worked in their own lives, how he, how he spoke to them, how Christ has worked in my own life, it is just a lot different. And he understands yeah. what everyone needs because he takes the time to understand them. And he yes. takes the time to genuinely reach out, to genuinely build a connection that I don't think he actually – I think he cared. I think he wants it to go well. I think that's, that's an important point that the, like we should um, get to at some point in time. But I think that he um, – it's about them. For He puts the them above yeah. on winning. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the, when you find out that these biscuits that he brings to Rebecca every morning, like he's baking them every night mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. And just like he really invests in people. Is like I'm gonna I'm gonna win them over. You know, I'm gonna win them over. I'm gonna win them over. Um, and some of some of the things he does, um, 
where he said where they lose at the end of season two and they're going to be relegated. And he says to Sam, like, what animal has the shortest memory? Oh. A goldfish is like is like, yeah, so be sad, but then be like a goldfish and then come back the next day. Yep. And we're going to go out there and, and get him. He gives Jamie that little toy soldier to remind mm-hmm. him that that like he's a soldier even when Jamie's no longer on the team and just scored the winning goal against them yeah. he's like not nice pass you know like he really does care about the people um he has that big sign that just says believe and there's, there's you just see him pointing at it believe <laughs> yeah he's, he's got these these symbols the goldfish the toy soldier the believe sign he, these and i think there's something that good leaders do and something Jesus did is they, they give us good symbols and good rituals to be able to kind of process what's going on in our lives. So I think that's, that's like a really big lesson in leadership and just like love is this is one way that you can really inspire people, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Like he knows it has to be incarnate. He knows that's gotta be a thing that you you can touch that you can see. Now I think he knows that like ideas are important too. But like mm-hmm. he, I really do think that he understands that like reality matters. Yeah, and sacramental. Like, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to use the exactly. fancy word. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also love at Re- when Rebecca's dad dies, and he starts singing, "I'm never gonna give you up," and he gets the whole <laughs> congregation singing, "Never gonna give you up, <laughs> never gonna let you down." Yeah. <laughs> Because that's that's like her core wound is that she is going to be abandoned, right? Because mm-hmm. her dad was always cheating on her mom, and then Rupert left her. Like her core wound is of being abandoned, mm-hmm. and he gets the whole place singing that "Never Gonna Give You Up." You know, it's it's silly because it's never going to give you up. But there there's it's so Ted, it's so Ted. Well, and I think too, I think Ted understands what people want. Like I think he, Ted understands mm-hmm. that Roy cares about his niece. That Roy is actually mm-hmm. a very caring person who grew up in a somewhat rough way and grew up Mm -hmm. having to be like Roy had to be a total jerk to to get ahead. He had to, he had no other choice. And I I mean, to be honest, that was like what the English, when you look at the English national team throughout the years, that's what they wanted where guys, they wanted a team of Roy's. That was Mm -hmm. English on football. That's what you did. You kicked the other guy in like, in the shin harder than he was going to kick you mm-hmm. and ted like he sees people for like wh- for like what they are wh- where they came from and like what they want and who they really are mm. yeah we just uh, here at awaken we just had an event with christopher west and mike mangione they were just oh great and yeah we mike. had this th- and, this and, is our this is our for us too. we had a this is our brand new theater and we just this was our first big event that we did with them. Sweet. And one of the things Christopher said is like the, one of the main themes of his talk. And I, I think I've said it in every episode I've recorded this week is that so often we look, but we do not see. Mm-hmm. And when you have a person, you can't just look at a person and how often do we use and abuse people because we're just looking at them, but to actually see the person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the lesson. That's a lesson of Ted Lasso is he really takes the time to see Jamie, to see Roy, to see Rebecca, to see Keely, to see Nate, and to really not not just look at them, but to really see them and who they are. And even the therapist in season two, I forget her name, uh, but even her, he's trying to, to see her, you know? But he then he has trouble seeing himself mm-hmm. and really looking at himself. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, about the show that I like. It's like Ted's not perfect. Mm-mm. Like, there's a reason why his wife is leaving him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like he's not like he's not a perfect he's not a unperfect guy. He gets 
called out like per and one of my favorite scenes of the whole uh, show is in the first um, season when uh, the um, assistant coach like screams at him at the bar and goes, it effing matters. It really effing mm-hmm. matters. And he's trying to talk about like if you get um, relegated as a team in England, which is like so they don't like, you know, have a playoffs or anything. So you just have a table yeah. and you get, you get points and the team like you go down to the minor league. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> except there's no affiliation. And so yeah. you, that means your team's going to make way less money. You're going to have like you don't have any. Like, you know, like any other TV deals, these guys hurts, like hurts, like hurts their careers. It's a really big deal. It's a really, really big deal. Like people lose jobs. Towns yeah. lose um, money. It's a, it's awful. It's awful yeah. when it when it when it happens. So try to like imagine like, I, you know, if I were to see the Reds, it was like I'm a huge um, Reds fan. They've been terrible for um, years. If they had just been um, relegated again and again, they may not exist. You know what I mean? And yeah. and and uh and so when the assistant coach calls out Ted for like, no, this you have to. This is not just about trying to make the like. Like, yes, we put these guys first, but we have to understand we've got to win too. And yeah. like again, Christ calls us to reality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Ted has to like he can get a little bit too much onto that. So it's like, hey, you can't. You've you've got to remember like the stuff you do counts, and th- these results here do matter. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not that like it's not that I'm trying to say like that's more important. Because it's not always They're putting the guys yeah. first, and he's willing to risk. And I think I think um, this is okay. He's willing to risk um, them being relegated by putting the guys first. Yeah, he's he's willing to lose that. I I think, mm-hmm. and but he it's not about trying. It's not just about trying to uh, trying to trying to develop these men. It's about yeah. this. Uh, um, a communal ex- experience, and that involves winning. It's what- yeah, and there's people that people that are relying on you too. Exactly. Um, exactly. I once went to a leadership seminar when I was younger, and one of the things they talked about is this. They called it the two, the two, um, the two tasks of leadership. I think is what they called it. But they said one is team, and one is task. You got to focus on your team and make sure your team. Mm, is yeah healthy but you also got to focus on the task and leaders who only focus on the task to the exclusion of the team their team falls apart and the task doesn't get done you know or nobody will follow you to the task because they don't respect you or each other and i think maybe that's that's more where nate was going is he's all about the task but not about the team but Mm -hmm. ted is probably a little bit too much about the team and not enough about the task because if you just focus on hey let's all be a community together then you can't ever call anybody out hold anybody accountable you know what i mean it's actually i think about that even as even as a dad, you know, mm-hmm. with my kids. So it's the tension yeah. between I'm um, a faith and reason to mm. like a, a certain extent. It's that like it's that's the ten, And that's why so many people don't believe in God because they just were so consumed with like with reason. Mm-hmm. And but there but the other thing is just as bad. So yeah. like the worst, like 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 we like, you know, like we live in a world that has basically split those two things apart. And one of the things that's re- that really stinks is we constantly talk about the like a lack of God in the public space, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But what's actually just as bad is a lack of the public space in God or, or in the things that we build for God. And we just make it only about God. This is going to sound a little bit odd, but we just like we make church about church and not about our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And we don't bring yeah. this other stuff into it, or we don't bring this other stuff to it and you they 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 have it's both it's both like christ Mm -hmm. like when he heals the blind i love this part in in 
in the gospels he like um or, or i think it's a woman who was committing adultery uh, who cares he's drawing his hand and he's drawing like um, lines in the sand um, with yeah his that's hand. the woman caught in adultery yeah, yeah yeah and i'm like that's such a, a beautiful thing that that they that they put in the gospel because it's like he's engaging with reality you know what i mean i, I, know, I know that sounds weird but he's like it's it we live in a material world and he um, uses the he uses like mud to um help to help uh cure the guy's um his blindness and i think ted when he's if christ was just like so like removed from the tactile everyday um, life he'd be harder to access and be harder to yeah. really uh, like understand i do have a question for you yeah do you think ted actually once do you think ted understands that nate has to go through a journey Ooh, interesting interesting i don't know <laughs> does ted understand that nate has to go through a journey i think i think ted does i think he does i think i think he recognizes and i i think he's gonna he's gonna try to reach the sort of guy that he is the same way that he reached out to jamie even when jamie was a jerk and left them behind yep i think he's yep. still gonna i mean Ted doesn't give up on people, you know, and that that's the conversation with his wife. It, when his wife comes to England and tells him, you know, it's over, he says, I, I just feel like I'm giving up. Or I forget exactly what he says, but he says, like, I, I can't quit this. I don't quit. And she's like, you're not quitting on me, Ted. You're letting me go, which, you know, you know, Catholic teaching on divorce aside, like, I think I think he he recognizes something there that, like, well, I'm not quitting. Um, you know, I'm not leaving her. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm not sacrificing my own um, there, there's nothing in my own integrity here that that i'm losing here you know mm -hmm. um so in some ways he's being he's being abandoned you know mm -hmm. um yep. and that's that's not any judgment on anyone out there who's listening who's been through a divorce and and anything but uh i think ted he never wants to quit on people so i think i don't think he's quitting on nate i think he's he's still got some some lessons for nate you know? yeah yeah so. yeah I, I think it's impossible for him to actually i think like Ted in some beautiful way, and I do wonder if his uh, father's death is was a way is one of the reasons why. Had, like when my dad died, this really I was I was twenty five. It was really out of the blue. He died of a heart attack. It was just like totally. Oh it was gosh. it was like awful. Yeah, it was it was insane. And I remember like being at the funeral, and it was the first time I was okay calling my parents friends by their first name. Whoa. And there was this weird thing of like. I don't know why, but I, I felt like the things that you are concerned about, the things that you feel like you should do, the stuff that, like, you see reality for how it is. In that mm -hmm. moment, I just saw, like, my friend's parents, not as, like, my my friend's parents, as my parents on the friends, not as my parents' friends, but as people. And yeah. you just kind of, and, like, the whole, like, what, it's, like, after, um, as, like, 9-11 happened, people stop caring about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck being a couple. I, I, I don't know yeah. if that was the couple of the time or not, even though they kind of mm -hmm. are now. So that's a little bit weird, but yeah. <laughs> like it, like people just stop reading us weekly. Cause it was like, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but like up until, up until then it was like all consuming. It was kind of weird how like big yeah. it got. And then all of a sudden it just all stops and it stopped. Yeah, for nobody, like cares. Years. No one cares. nobody cares because like when horrible things happen, you kind of start seeing what's important and what's not. And I experienced that when my dad died, I just kind of saw reality for uh, what it was. And I think Ted, when reasons why he's able to do it, he's been through some really hard, 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 hard other things. So he's, yeah. he understands reality just like Christ, like Christ is in reality. 
I, I remember wow. I, 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 I had a priest at one time tell me he was like, he was, I just, he just goes like, Jesus is, you know, in reality, he's in these walls. So if like you want to get your life together, get your stuff together, <laughs> you know? And I think Ted is able to see that like some people just need a lot of time and it's going to be yeah. okay because that's how the, it works. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Thank you for sharing that about your dad. Yeah, of course. Because um, I'm sure there's people out there listening that have been through been through similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about turning the other cheek. Ted is really good at dealing with bullies. He does it with Jamie. He does it with Nate. And the best scene I love is when he does it with Rupert in the bar. Do you remember this scene? Yep. Yep. Can you, can you, can you walk us through it? Yeah. So basically... <laughs> Uh, is this, I believe is it the first time Ted had so this is I'm with Rupert who used to own the team it mm-hmm. it is Rebecca's ex-husband he starts to come around again he's really beloved by the local community and it's actually super important that this takes place in a pub which is a gathering space for you know the community and yeah. one thing when it comes to English like soccer clubs is these are not franchises these are mm-hmm almost viewed as community assets or like yeah. part of the community. Like you are a steward. If you own this, you do not move a team. It is, it's happened one time and it will never happen again ever. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's super important that this happens in a pub, which is, a, which is a um, gathering space for like for, uh, for um, the community. And I think a guy like Rupert, he, he is the example of an old masculine way where it's like ego, 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 ego. And and he's I, I don't I don't recall how, how him and Ted start to get into a, not like an argument, but he's he's trying to like wave he's trying to like be like hey I'm I'm the guy here right he's yeah, used to walking to in size. there and being yeah. the king you know he's making making exactly fun of him, yeah yeah uh-huh. it's, it, he is the big fish in a very small pond mm-hmm. and he loves that and that's his identity to a, a mm-hmm. it's just trying to hold on to that and Ted just kind of goes and I I forget do you remember like why do they play the 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 game of darts i think rupert just challenges him because he wants to like embarrass him more yeah he's like oh do you want to play some darts you know and he just wants to embarrass him more so invites him to to play a game of darts just because he thinks he's stupid and bad at everything and then uh he has this whole thing about being curious he's like hey you can be be curious about this be curious about that you know he tells this story about how somebody taught him when he was young and I think it might even have been his father. Like taught him to be to be curious. Like mm-hmm. when somebody acts a certain way, like and you don't understand or even you don't like it, like be curious about that and act it. And he's like, for example, if you were curious about me, you would have known. You you would have asked some questions. Some questions like, do you play a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> and you know, and then <laughs> Ted starts hitting, throwing the darts, yeah, just hitting just... every single one. Oh, yeah. and they, there was a bet going on. They had a wager that was like, um, if I win the game of darts, then. I have to like not go to the next game or I have to give up my seats at the game or whatever. It's a, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like, Ted, like yeah. there's some, there's some stuff that's at stake and yeah, the humility that Ted has in that mm-hmm. moment, because like Ted could, and like, this is super important. I, I think mm-hmm. to what's one of the points of this show. And I love that, that this is like, how do you deal with bullies? Because there is, there's, we've been, I'm living in a, in, in a world of irony for the past X amount, like probably since the end of the second world war. And mm. it, 
it's not a coincidence that 10 years ago, everyone starts to wear these dumb clothes because it doesn't it, it look dumb. And the whole idea, and this is this has been happening for like I'm a decade. I've been reading a lot of David um, Foster Wallace, so just kind of like bear with me for <laughs> And he's, he's one of his, one of um, Wallace's big things was like trying to push back against this idea of irony. He's like, he's like, he was, he was, and he, and he would like um, argue that too much irony is bad. It's a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you just have a tiny bit, it, it's okay. Yeah. Too much is bad. And the idea of that is that there is really no meaning. So you, so the only yeah. way to really like engage with it is to just reject it and to like yeah, say it's, really, it's, it's really nihilistic and exactly. cynical. And you can't just doubt, 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 just tear everything down to the, to the ground. You have nothing. There's nothing left. You know? And this so. show isn't that. At no, all, uh, no, at, at all. all. It's yeah. actually this uh-huh. is why it's the, this is why it's the death of the antihero. So when Ted's mm-hmm. going toe to toe with with him, it's actually and it's not that and it's not um, that Rupert is this like he's not the epitome of irony by any means unnecessary. He's the yeah. epitome of what people who want to reject this sort of like ego. All I care about is myself what people will tend to respond to that with is irony. Yeah. And mm-hmm. instead ten, Ted approaches it with sincerity, with yeah. like, with like, like with like humility. He's, mm-hmm. he's confident in who he is and with what, and with what um, he can uh, do. So he doesn't back down, yeah. but he does so in a way that I would argue is meek. Yes. 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 And he goes toe to toe with him and he's like, actually, this is this this is a better way because the ironic way leads to more emptiness and that's mm-hmm. why it's super important that this takes place in a bar because it is where the community gathers mm-hmm. and so he's yep. telling he's telling he's telling the community there is there is another way and he's yeah. doing it through his witness i think it's the most probably one of the if not the pinnacle of the, like the most important part of the show to see what Ted is actually about and why he's so important to that group. mm -hmm. And it reminds, it's, it's like Jesus saying, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. You know, he doesn't yell at the Pharisees and tell them to go away. He just kind of lets their own stupidity and (laughs) their, it lets their, their own sin, their own hubris kind of show itself and show itself to be stupid, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, which is the same thing he does in the press conference in season three with Nate. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, starts making fun of himself, you know, and, and I love the word meekness that you used. Like meekness isn't like a, it's not running away from the problem. You know, it's addressing, addressing the issue in like a, a calm, confident way that doesn't like, kind of lets the person embarrass themselves well, yeah know? and it's it's it's, it's truly like because the like when you pray that why i love the whitney um oh my gosh why i love you can tell that i have a two and a half year old because i'm just a little bit off uh why <laughs> i love the I'm a, I'm a litany of humility is yeah. that it's not about like help me see how i'm bad help me see it's more about help me to desire what is actually good yes mm-hmm. and what that's a beautiful t- prayer and yeah, it's 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 honestly one of my favorite prayers in the. I just think it's so like, it's like these are the these are these are the desires that I want, which is to put other people, put others like first to not you know and Ted, but it's not a prayer of like backing down either. Yeah, and so it's I'm learning how to do so in the right way and how to stand up in the right way and. Mm-hmm. 
the way that Ted does that, it's just they it's such a brilliant scene. It's such a brilliant uh, scene. I really think like if you haven't watched the show, um, watch it till about that part. Like just like I'm watching a couple episodes and I'm pretty sure like, it's a season one. Yeah. yeah. And like I think it's like maybe like halfway through the first up season or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Maybe two thirds. And it's like that's. I don't know it's like there's a reason why it is um, Mumford and Sons who sing who sing the opening song because they're kind of yeah, part uh-huh. of this new um wave of stuff of where like it's about like no it's okay to search for actually like, meaning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We started. We you didn't get to see this part when we recorded, but we we started the episode with that song. Oh great! So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so people have people have heard that, and uh, we did a Mumford and Sons episode a few uh, months oh. back with Rick, with Ricky Vasquez from uh, Village Lights. So excellent, yeah, good good episode. Yeah, nice, very cool. nice. Uh-huh. And I didn't I didn't realize it was Marcus Mumford singing until I was preparing for this episode. I was like, "This is Marcus Mumford. That's awesome." So very good. All right. Well, we're running out of time here, Luke. Um, are there anything else that we just have to say that we cannot miss before we we shut things down here? Yeah, I think I, I just want to again, like, really emphasize compare Ted Lasso to Don to uh, Don uh, Don Draper, and it tells you why this show is important. Mm-hmm. It re- I yeah. think I think it is so crucial that, that, that I think it says a lot that right now we are rejecting the anti i'm a hero and people are at a place i think COVID has a lot to do with this where they want Mm -hmm. um, a sincerity and Mm -hmm. they want um like people are starting to be like it's okay to think that it's that life actually has meaning and that being good like being good matters it really really does matters it really does it really does awesome Thank you so much. I love you. The, the passion that you bring to this. So I know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, don't talk for three hours. Luke. Don't talk for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I told my listeners at the beginning of this, that at the end we would have uh, some gospel takeaways for them where they can actually put some of this into their life. So if there's one thing from this episode that we've talked about that you're taking with you from this episode, uh, what's, what's one thing? And I can go first if you want. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah. So my takeaway is just that that idea of meekness that you brought up that so often when we're abused or we see other people being abused, we want to step in with like, you know, anger and righteousness and even violence. And maybe sometimes that's that's justified. But to find creative ways like Ted and like Jesus to like let let the bad guys show their badness. And just let them embarrass themselves. And, uh, you know, it's Gandhi, it's Martin Luther King Jr., it's Jesus, and it's Ted Lasso too. And uh, so anyway, that's something I'm going to take to prayer is think about who are the people in my life that are the bullies and need to be stood up to. And how can I do that in a meek, not a cowardly way, but not in like a vindictive revenge sort of way either. So Mm -hmm. that's my takeaway. One of the things that I love, one of my favorite gospel passages uh is the woman at the well yes and it's not because of i mean of course like she has she has a conversion and that's awesome (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. i feel like jesus respects her intellect and goes toe-to-toe with her Mm -hmm. and it's like a ping pong you're going back and forth back and forth and back and forth and i Mm -hmm. i love that because you don't see i mean you see i'm gonna jesus doing that a bit but like he's he's bringing it and I, I, I love the fact that like I feel like Ted I feel like Ted Lasso respects its audience because there's not that irony. They respect mm-hmm. that like what Ted wants is deep down what like you want to. And mm-hmm. Ted goes toe to toe 
over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But he does so in a way that like is always appropriate for the person. He really tries to understand the the the, the person and what they want, like and what they um need. And mm-hmm. I I think like you see um Jesus doing that over and over and over and and over again. And part of the challenge for a lot of people you see in scripture and even in Ted Lasso is being willing to be receptive to that. Mm. And so like, I think for, you know, like for myself, it's not how can I be more like Ted or like Christ, but it's like, how can I be like some of the other characters and continue to, to, and like the other characters in the gospels be besides Christ who are, who at the end, do open up who just like the woman yeah. at the well who doesn't necessarily like find find her healing yet mm-hmm. what she because like god he reveals and heals she instead goes he told me everything i've done yeah he, she's uh-huh. been revealed things have been unrevealed to her because that's she's what she seen. needed exactly yeah, yeah exactly that's like oh yeah that's a great way to put it she's been seen and uh it um I, I, so so for me it's that like i really from this i think like i wanted to be i want to be open to like wanting to be like ted and i yeah, want to be open uh, to wanting to be like uh, christ because the world will tell us that it isn't important and i think if the show has taught us has taught us anything it's that it's desperately important yeah yeah it's not corny it's not cheesy exactly it's mm-hmm. it's it's so important yeah yeah very good things things aren't more adult and better and cooler just because they're like more gritty and mm-hmm. cynical yeah exactly I love, that. I love that yeah very good yeah um so i often ask my guests to close this in a prayer would you be able to pray for us and our listeners sure. as we're Absolutely. all this so listeners listeners wherever you are let's take a moment and let's pray Luke, yeah. take it away in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit holy spirit amen heavenly father uh thank you for uh the gift of Lent. Um, thank you for Mike. Uh, thank you for this podcast. Uh, thank you for the person who is listening to this right now. Uh, thank you for the joys that you have placed in all of our lives. Uh, thank you for the crosses that you have allowed um, you've allowed to be there so we can grow as people, so we can grow closer to Christ. Um, thank you for the gift of the church. Thank you for the gift of culture. Um, help us to have a receptive attitude towards culture. Help us to test everything and hold on to the good. Help us to uh, seek your face in all things, even in a fun uh, show like Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And let everything we do draw us closer to reality, to who we are, which are the beloved daughters and sons of the Father. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Luke, thank you so much. Of course. Much. Dude, I love this. I'm so sorry yeah. that I blab, but I will do this anytime. You just um, name it. I, I'm serious. Please have me over All again. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in Ohio too, aren't you? Yeah. Yep. I'm Dane, yeah, Ohio. So, okay. So I don't know how far that is from Bowling Green, but we could even bring you up here to the studio sometime. Oh, sweet. You, wanted, right? you guys are out yeah. in Bowling Green? Yes. Yeah, so I'm from Maryland, but I come out here and record a few times a year. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I would yeah. do that hand, cool. in, in a heartbeat. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I, what I realized when you said you're working for Spoke Street now is that we, we collaborate with Spoke Street on Awaken the Word and Awaken the Saint. Nice. We do daily, daily three-minute um, scripture, like the daily readings. And I do those sometimes. Um, and then Nick and uh, Deacon Harold and a few other people do them. And then we do Awaken the Saint. So that's all published um, in collaboration with Spoke Street. Excellent. So, excellent. Um, nice. Anyway, listeners, listeners, if you're looking for daily saint reflections yeah, and please. daily scripture reflections every Absolutely. That, uh, that's, both of us are involved in that. So very good. Um, Listeners, if you want to help us out, and even more if you want to, more than helping us out, I would challenge you if there's somebody that you were thinking of during this episode that you know loves Ted Lasso or loves soccer or just we were talking about something and you're like, ooh, that makes me think of this person. I, I challenge you to text them this episode. You don't have to post it everywhere on socials if you don't want to, but just send it to one person. Take a screenshot, send it to them, because that is a way that you can evangelize to people, but it's also, it helps us out as well. So um, and if you really want to help us out, you can go to popculturecatechism.com and join our patron community. There's six levels of giving for Pop Culture Catechism. You can pick something that fits your tithe or your budget. And with that, you get patron-exclusive content. All the talks that I do in my speaking ministry, I just gave a parish mission last month, and I started off with the woman at the well, actually, in my open opening talk. <laughs> so it's good good for kicking off a retreat. Um, but also we do exclusive content uh, for our episodes as well. So you get access to that. You get access to all of that through the Awaken Catholic app. And the app is a free app. It has a prayer library in English, Latin, and Spanish. It also has a great Christian music library. Also has a, a community of Christians and Catholics for like-minded people. It's also a hub for all the shows on Awaken Catholic. And then, of course, if you are a patron, you also get access to all the patron-exclusive content through that app. Also, we have a merch store now. What's it, what is it again? Catholicmerch.store. Is that it? Yes, Catholicmerch.store. And uh, Nick, who our founder, and then Sophia, our graphic designer, have come up with like some really awesome stuff. So if you're looking for some cool Catholic swag for yourself, or maybe for like a confirmation gift or graduation gift or something like that, it's really good. And all that supports the mission here at Awaken. Catholic. I want to thank all our patrons, but especially Carla Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Stephen Maggie Hubbard, Tom and Emily Camberiati, and Dar and Jay McCaffrey. We love you. Thank you for supporting our show. Thank you, listeners, for going on this journey with us. Thank you, Luke. Um, to everyone out there, God loves God loves you so much, and we will see you next time. Believe, believe. <laughs> <laughs>